Hi, cut and paste fans. I'm Nancy Fowler, and I've been bringing you St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, Cut and Paste, since 2014. And from the start, my co-host has been Willis Ryder Arnold, but he's left St. Louis now for a new job at Maine Public Radio. Now, Willis can't be replaced, but we are looking for a new reporter to cover arts and culture and to join us in this podcast. Until then, I'll continue to bring you fresh interviews with St. Louis's visual and performing artists and local cultural drivers. We'll also occasionally bring back some of our favorite subjects, as we are for this episode. Willis and I talked with St. Louis photographer Kat Reynolds last April. One of her new projects is an exhibition called Main and Tail. It opens January 19th at the Luminary on Cherokee Street. She's curating this show, which focuses on the relationship between black women and beauty products. In this new exhibition, and really in all her work, Reynolds likes to create a genuine connection with her subjects, something she talked about in our prior conversation. I sometimes do really enjoy that like apprehensive like moment or feeling or face that this person can really convey because that's really real, that's authentic, that's them being themselves, and that's really what I want. That's St. Louis photographer Kat Reynolds. She really connects with her subjects. It's a relationship that's really important to her. And that ability to bond with people and capture them truthfully in her portraits is really paying off in her career. I'm Nancy Fowler. And I'm Willis Ryder-Arnold. And this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. In the past few months, Reynolds has exhibited at five different St. Louis venues. Five? Wow, that's really a lot. Yeah, especially in that time frame. She was even named this year's Emerging Artist by the Local Visionary Awards. You know, she's also wrapping up a residency program at Paul Artspace, north of Florissant. And she works all these activities around a full-time customer relations job. I'm really surprised that she was able to hang out with us and spend a few minutes actually talking about things like How is it to suddenly be getting a lot of attention? Who should portray the black body in art? And how her own emotions figure into her work. I think that since I'm such an emotional person, um, I've been called sensitive my whole entire life, (laughs) Um, usually in a negative context. For my own practice, I wanted to make this sensitivity into something that was positive, especially in relation to the black body and to blackness like in general. I think a lot of people like to focus on the black body in regards to my work, um, which is totally understandable. And like super, I'm super honored that people see that because I am a dancer, so I work with the body a lot naturally. Oh, okay. But I really think that it comes from such an emotional like connection that I have with like my subjects. It's like more of a visual representation of emotional. Um, connection or emotional distress, uh, you know, happiness. That's something that I'm really trying to focus more of my work on lately because I want to be happy. So I want to make other people feel that way too. Do you feel like your subjects end up opening more emotionally because you yourself are talking about being an emotional person or relating to the actual Mm -hmm. work emotionally? Yeah, I think it is because I'm really like honest about how I'm feeling especially lately because it's just been so taxing to like hold anything really in because you've Um, been so busy right yeah so I think whenever we're working together I'm super present and I think that that's also something that they realize is that I'm really here for you and I'm here for this moment that we're having together how do you convey that to your subjects 
listening and eye contact and all those things that my mom told me. Um, she's <laughs> a speech language mom. pathologist. Yeah, oh, then so, she would know. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like ingrained in me, like how how to let someone know you're here, you're present. Also with dance too, it's like body um, posture and things like that. So, but also physical contact, like hugging someone being like, hey, I'm going to touch you and like moving them there. I think that also kind of breaks this barrier that a lot of photographers can create. I want people to know that I do care and I, I'm not just like someone out here that's going to make you look crazy because that's what everyone's fear is. It's you're going to look crazy on, you know, social media, you know, because everything goes there. So I totally understand it. Do you sometimes just encounter people on the street that have an interesting look or something about them draws them to you? I really like understated people as well. I really have been really gravitating towards them, like the wallflowers. And I really like the person that no one's really looking at, but they're beautiful. Like, I think that they're really beautiful, like the person that's like socially awkward, because that's me. Like, I think, I mean, I'm not always socially awkward, but I'm pretty awkward. <laughs> When you're talking to us about like seeing someone who has maybe social anxiety or a type mm -hmm. of anxiety and you find it beautiful, is there an image that comes to mind, something that you've shot where that was the case and you were able to get that moment? The last woman I worked with, her name was Shamara. She kind of gave me that because she was like nervous the whole entire time, it seemed like. It was the woman that I um, worked with that has a muscle onesie. I don't know. I found it at Goodwill for like two dollars, and so You're a I was good like, shopper. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> like I was just lucky, but she was nervous the whole entire times. Um, so it was really difficult for me to like start kind of working with her because I was like, I don't know what's really going on in her head. But that made me check myself with like how to work with her, how to mold like my own practice for this person to make them feel comfortable. I was curious why you think she ended up going along or being photographed if she was super right. nervous about it. No, I always wonder that whenever that's the case. But, like, there's a lot of trust, especially um, I find with black women, it has to be a lot of trust, and I feel them because I don't want someone, in, like, taking photos of me and then fetishizing me. So I think that I try to establish that from the beginning, like, hey, it's whatever you want this to be. You know, like, there's no wrong. There's only right. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and that's totally fine. But, yeah, but, I mean, putting a book on someone's head and, like, how they're, like, it's, like, some of the poses are, like, weird where someone can't possibly be, like, I'm good, I'm straight, this is okay. But um, I think it's really, 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 really about trust. So what did that final image actually look like or series of images that you did with her? I thought that it really turned out very well because her stiffness like made sense because of her costuming. Because usually I don't like stiff, you know, poses. Like you always want the person to relax. But I think it's because it made sense with the way her costume was. Like it's this like muscle onesie. Like it's the inside of the body, just like all the muscles. And so that already like kind of has this like rigid like muscular strength like you don't really think of it as being this like fluid thing unless you're talking about like dance but you're not going to think of that as being like loosey-goosey or whatever you're going to think of it as being like kind of stiff so I think that's why I worked for it. A lot of the people that you photograph are black or brown, and you're talking about the ways in which even the people you're photographing are aware of how their image might mm -hmm. be 
co-opted or manipulated or received problematically. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of enter that conversation? Mm-hmm. This is definitely something that's like newer for me to start even thinking about because you know, as a black person, I'm like, they're fine. Like, they understand. Like, they trust me. It's cool. But that's that's really ignorant for me to even think that because this is someone else's experience. This is someone else's story. This is someone else's life. Like, I'm just a spectator. And also the fact that, like, I exhibit work. These are definitely all questions that I think about for how to pay respect to someone and not make it into this, like, gross a lie like I don't know how else to say that but like I don't know that's why I'm trying so hard to be as like authentic as possible with people because it's like I don't want to like put this out there that like you like it looks foreign to you I like seeing pictures of myself that I look like me and it's my story and it's on my terms I'm just starting to like kind of get in my own head about it to where I'm just like how can I do this and you know do it authentically and lovingly and I think it's literally just by talking to them and seeing how they feel about things. So there's a lot of conversation now about white artist Mm -hmm. uh, Dana Schutz Mm -hmm. and her painting um, depicting Emmett Till in his casket and there's a lot of discussion around the fact that she is white. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts were on, you know, who who is the right artist to to deal with the black body? I mean, can a person who's not black do that in a in a truthful and authentic manner? Um Well, for one for one, showcasing black death is an issue. It's triggering, it's traumatizing, like all those like words that have been just thrown out anyway, like they're real words and it's a real feeling. And I think by just completely, completely disregarding that, not even thinking about it, like that's the issue. Like thinking that like, oh, this is just art. It's never been just art. If you're making art and you're thinking that it's just art, then you should stop. And especially if you are utilizing a body that is not your own (laughs) and a history that is not your own. Emmett Till's history, I mean, it is American history, but at the same time, it's black American history that the mother wanted everyone to see. The mother wanted everyone to see, but I don't think that she wanted someone to like to do a painting depicting this in the Whitney for everyone to see in that way. So this is more so to show white supremacy as well as to show hatred. To be completely honest, like I don't, I don't think that that, sh- that energy should be placed in the Whitney of like hatred like that. But that's just my own opinion as far as like what I would, what I would like to see. Now, if someone wants to work with the black body like just saying work with is like already a right move into the right direction because I really don't think that she was working with it 
Like, I really think mean? that she was like, because working with is like, hey, we're going to do this together. It's us together for the cause. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like that was a very selfish thing. And I think that's why it was so it hurt so much because it wasn't for that wasn't for black people. That wasn't for brown people. That wasn't for like that wasn't for Emmett Till. That wasn't for his mother. That was for her. When it becomes selfish, that's when it it becomes like you could have helped. Instead, you just made it about you and now you're confused. And so it's just like this whole entire thing of just spectating blackness and black death and like making it into like a game. Like it it makes it, it trivializes it and it makes it something that someone can buy also like how do you think that younger artists and younger artists of color are able to enter this conversation Mm -hmm. and then point out where those gaps are and what is a more useful way of engaging in that conversation well this is something that i've like talked to with um talked about with my friend lee lewis um she has a piece minor matter that i got a lot of really good reviews in um, the times um, during American realness. And um, she wants, she talks about like, how can the black body be abstracted? And I think, to be honest, like, just talking about like our own experiences that aren't like, like for me, I used to listen to like Evanescence. I'm saying this on a podcast for, it's terrible. And I went through a goth stage. Like, <laughs> like I still laugh about it because it's like ridiculous. But telling these stories, like with my other friends, like have similar stories, like, I think the more we can like work within that as opposed to just constantly thinking that we're combating white supremacy, like thinking like that's where we have to go. Like we have to go still within ourselves. Like we still have to like dig so much because for a very long time we like never, I never really talked to people about that. I used to, you know, want to be a soccer star and like things like that. Like I used to, um, teach swimming I saved a kid one time like those types of things because there's a stereotype of that black people don't know how to swim um, which goes back to because like we came over on boats through slavery like those kinds of stories like that I tell with my friends like that's how we can get into this thing um, the story and tell our own like I I'm telling my own with my residency at Paul Artspace about my first Easter, you know, just like me growing up in the church and the relationship that the black working class has with the church and religion. That's needed. There's so much more to me. There's so much more to Lichia. There's so much more to um, Martine Sims. There's so much more to Carrie James Marshall. There's so much more to like Khalil. There's so, like, there's so much more to all of these amazing Dina Lawson like there's just so much more and you see that in their works yeah I have a follow-up which is I'd love to know what photos or if you can give us a preview of the type of images that you're putting together regarding the work around Easter oh yeah I'm really I'm super super it's a performance piece as well as like photography visual um work so it's my first Easter Sunday and my mom like is continuing to like tell me to like sit still. So the whole entire like um, show or exhibition is called Sit Still. And I have this like yellow poofy 
terrible i'm lo- i love you mom but like awful <laughs> dress on <laughs> and and i keep and i have like these white shoes like patent leather like white shoes and my hair is like you know huge with like this little bow uh yellow bow and um but i was so confident in like all of my decisions and like i've always been this like super stubborn child <laughs> but i feel like i was more confident then and more willing to be myself then because I mean you don't really know what like society has for you yet especially because like every I feel like everyone's like watching at times that it's like really difficult for me to like really wild out (laughs) but as a kid like my mom was like don't go in the grass and I was like "Mm, I'm gonna go in the grass (laughs) and so she just kept constantly telling me to sit still She's filming this whole entire thing because my dad is um, over, I think he was in Germany at that time. And um, she's like talking to the camera like, see Major? Like she's just, my dad's name's Major. And so she's like, Major, like she's just not even paying attention. She's not doing it, blah, blah, blah. So it's just really interesting to see my parents' like um, relationship, even though now they're divorced. So that also goes into it as well. And so I say, like, my one line that I have at church, and my mom's like, Kat, you have to say it louder. And it's like, Christ arose on Easter Day. And so it's, it's just, and I clap for myself. Oh, <laughs> good job. Yeah, so it's just like, I clap for myself before anyone else does. Yeah, so it's just this whole entire performance about me being raised in the church and, like, it being Easter. And I'm just this, like, super, just super confident child. <laughs> so the description that you just gave, is that specifically of the work that you're creating or like video that you have that you're basing? Video that I have that I'm basing it on. So the work that I'm creating is it's based off of that. Um, I also I think I'm, I don't know. I might use it in the exhibition. Um, I'm going to make this dress. I'm getting this dress made that's um, very similar to the dress I was wearing. But it's um, extremely like it's really, really long on the bottom. So almost like this womanness that I've like I've had since I was young, it's overwhelming, and so it's a very and the dress over- represents yes. that in yeah. a physical form. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it for a really long time, so I'm really excited to actually be able to like get this idea out of my head, and actually like be able to like share it with people that like for one really like don't know me, and also with my family who really does know me, and to see this like see how they take it as well as like see how other people take it i'm really excited actually about it that was st louis photographer kat reynolds talking about her current project at paul art space and her recent flurry of exhibitions this is cut and paste st louis public radio's arts and culture podcast produced by stephanie lecce and nancy fowler and willis ryder arnold with help from our editor david casares the music you heard throughout was made by local producer trifecta with a few songs pulled from the internet and thrown on that was music that cat listens to while working or finds inspiring you can find cut and paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts cut and paste is sponsored by Gemma, architects planners and designers 